like waffles? Yeah, we like waffles. Do you like pancakes? Yeah, we like pancakes. Do you like French toast? Yeah, we like French toast. Dip it in, can't wait to get a mouthful. Hello, good evening, welcome to the Sports Waffle. Matt Myers here as always, joined by Jonah, Adam and Nick. How are we, lads? Yeah, good, thank you. Yes, yeah. flying high. Flying high on a Thursday. Absolutely. Well, welcome to, uh, to yet again, a sort of a mini relaunch of the pod. We are uh, tweaking it slightly to make it a bit more easy listening and a bit more back to what we like doing, which is a bit more fun and games rather than just being a... Reporting on the week podcast. So, with that said, main news of the week. Catch me up. Who's actually tested positive for COVID? Because it's not the Titans, but it's one of the teams you're meant to be playing, isn't it, Ad? No, no, it is the Titans. What are you We've not been doing then? A number of players and a number of support staff tested positive. Uh, they've locked down the tr- training facility. And obviously, the game against the Steelers now has been... It was meant being postponed Monday or Tuesday. And now they've postponed it and we're going to play during our bye week, I believe it is. Isn't it quite ironic that a team named after a brand of condoms haven't protected themselves properly from COVID? Boom, boom. Uh, How long have you had that in the Arsenal? Oh, in the Arsenal? (laughs) Excuse me. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, sorry. I I did make a note of that earlier. Now, it's, yeah. it's been rearranged, but I do love um, the Steelers coach, Mike Tomlin's response, when he said, like, you might be playing in your bye week, so you may end up playing 13 straight games. And he just was like, I don't care. <laughs> yes. It's just frustrating. I think it's, it's, uh, it's a shame it's happened. But I was, I was noticed earlier that one of the bus drivers that drive the Titans to the game also drove the Astros players to the Twins game. If that turns out to be the source, that is the most stupid thing I'll have ever heard. So I don't know what's going on there. but I, Actually, yeah. do you want to know a really random thing? When this whole thing first started back in February, whenever it was, Amy and I were driving back from somewhere. We'd just been out. And it was when those people got flown back in from China. Remember the Brits that were stuck in the world, wherever they were, <laughs> and they came. They came back and they landed at Heathrow, and they got ferried up the M6 toll. And um, we were driving up the M6 toll, and there was about 300 police cars, nine ambulances, fire engines, two buses, and more police cars. What the bloody hell's all of this? And then we tweaked it, it was these people that got off the plane, and we sort of both turned to each other and we went. I think this might be something more than they're telling us. This was back when they back when they were all going, oh, it's nothing, don't worry about it. And then no more than three weeks later, they come out and go, you're all on lockdown. And we kind of went, bloody told you, bloody told you. You, know? you looked at this thing and you thought there was like some sort of nuclear threat and they were just hiding the posh people. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Quite scary. Hopefully it doesn't get any worse. But it was bizarre because I don't... In relation to the Titans, Vikings, I don't think initially the Vikings were testing people, testing their team, initially when it all came out about a couple of positive results for the Titans. Ah, did you hear uh, the Vikings coach rant the other day when asked the question? No. Uh, Zimmerman, Zimmerman, Zimmerman? 
Mm. They said, like, basically, you're terrible. You conceded more points than it was. Like, I don't care about your opinions. <laughs> he snapped his head off. <laughs> I can't get my joking in time, and I've not quite worked on it. The Houston Astros coach driver. Something mm. about seeing the signs there. You know, there's definitely a problem. <laughs> You've been able to see the There's side. something there, isn't there? Yeah. Must try harder. Yeah. I hate that when you can see a joke that's there, but you can't quite work out a piece it together. <laughs> see, you can just feel it. It's just, but you can't quite piece it together. You know, it's funny in your head, but you can't yeah. quite get. Watching the cogs go around in Jonah's head right now. Yeah, they, if you, if you it's because I've got like a transparent them. bit on top that helps. <laughs> Go faster, stripe. I tell you what, I quite like this camera because my hair looks a lot less grey than it does in a mirror. It looks kind of like quite brown and quite nice, but when it's in a mirror, it's just pure grey. It's depressing. At least I'm not ginger, eh, Nick? <laughs> not rising. No bite. Not no bite to that. Too early. So, Nick, what was your highlight of the week then? Well, I didn't really catch much sport, to be honest, because I was away in the lakes over the weekend. Were you up a hill? I was up Helvellyn. Helvellyn. Which is one of the biggest in the Lake District, uh, just behind Scafell Pike, um, on a grade one knife edge, is how I spent one of my days. So, it, it was, yeah. Didn't really see much sport because that was on the Sunday. So I've completely missed red zone. The only, it's the odd thing I've seen, obviously the Rams, uh, seen the highlights of that. How did they do again? Yeah, we don't really need to go over all ground there, Adam, do we? Uh, we know how they did. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm not going to be a New Orleans fan and bang on about pass interference for all time. So I'll leave that one there. Um <laughs> But yeah, I mean, in terms of like highlight, I think for me, just the Falcons just imploding again. Um, is there a team out there that is that just falls under the pressure as much as the Falcons do? Like, I don't know if this is all just stemmed from what happened in the Super Bowl a few years back, but they just they cannot defend a lead. I think at this stage, they could have a fifty-point lead going into the fourth quarter. And I'd still be probably putting money on the other team pulling it back. Like it, it it's so bad. I'd I'd hate to be a Falcons fan. A couple of weeks back, a guy on one of the NFL pages on Facebook said, um, "Randomly picked my team, and I've decided to go with the Falcons. What does everyone think?" And I said, "Not not too bad. Some decent players there. You'll probably get ripped on a little bit for the Super Bowl a couple of years back, but you've got a pretty decent franchise, a, a playoff appearance every few years." Um, wow, I wish I could just take my words back completely on that because what a shambles they are. They're a prime example of a team whose last five or six games of last season kept the coach in a job because they are, you know, we'll come back good. The, the bonus being from a 49ers fan's point of view is that Shanahan was the one who got a lot of grief for the 28-3 comeback mm. in the Super Bowl. And then obviously we had the Super Bowl like not disaster, but Kansas City came back last year. But it's you know, Kyle Shannon can't be blamed for these last two. But the one against the Cowboys, why did nobody jump on the ball? Oh, 
I mean, you, you can jump on it before it goes 10 yards, yeah. and it's just as if like everyone completely forgot that that was... I mean, that's schoolboy stuff. What's it called? Is it Three Card Monty? You know, you see him playing in the streets. It was like everyone was staring at the three cards. And playing <laughs> My question would have been, why? because I know that you don't want to dive on it and then fumble it because they get the ball back. I get that. Why didn't someone just come and volley it off the pitch? Mm. It, would be, it would be illegal kicking or an illegal touching of the ball. Um, and I believe it's then a re-kick. Still would have been better than what happened. <laughs> to yeah, be honest, because it, yeah. in terms of an onside kick, it's probably one of the worst onside kicks I've ever actually seen. Like no, it, was, it was actually couldn't. planned. It was the way they did it was yeah. rely on people not realising that rule because the spinning ball and the way they spun it in, apparently, so it's being at least reported, that he had been practising that kick and the, the way he kicked it with the spin was meant to spin it that way. It was. They're all trying these different ways of doing onside kicks because of the old-fashioned way of banging it into the ground isn't there because they can't get up and smack people fast enough anymore. So it is. it was designed, but it just smacks to me of incredibly poor coaching. On the the actual of the, the actual kick itself was well executed and it's a clever kick, but in terms of an onside kick, I would rather have that coming towards me that I can then literally just jump on onto the floor and put my whole body over it than one of the ones that's literally bobbling and bouncing all over the show. And as soon as it hits someone, you've got a live ball. I mean, I it, it, it was like watching like a, a caressed pot along a cushion. That, that's what it was like. And it was just like it was taking forever to get there. And then as, as soon as it got to the pocket, the cowboys were jumping on it. It, it was like watching a deer, wasn't it? In the headlights, it was like the lights. Balls <laughs> rolling, and the because the idea isn't it that the front three or four fellas are just trying to block everyone out of the way so the the boys that can catch and use their hands properly get yeah. it. They were all stood there going the lights. <laughs> but no, I don't think they're going away what? with it again. But yeah. You, you take them one and one one and one from your uh, onside See, kick, can you? I think for me though, if you've got that in in the pocket, you know, you don't use that early. No, you know, because that to me is, you know, okay. You might have picked up on the fact there's some bad coaches from the Falcons, which I think is an entire problem anyway. Um, I've said before about coaches lose games, not win them. I think that's a prime example. The Falcons coaches just lose games. They get up to a lead, and I guarantee you, if you look at the play calling before they have a lead and the play calling after they've got a lead, it's massively different. I bet you their run run to pass ratio is way off. I bet they just completely bottle it rather than going and scoring 70 points. They go, we've got 35, that'll do. And it's just a really bad way of doing it. But I think if you've got stuff like that, it's like the old story with Andy Reid is he spends all summer designing these plays that are absolutely unstoppable and then spanks through in the first six weeks and then runs out after the, after the bye week. Whereas if you can just hold them back and drop them when you actually need them, um, you'd be a lot better off. I have, just while we're on the topic of the Falcons, I have seen some rumblings today on Twitter that the Falcons may be planning to trade Julio Jones to the Patriots. I'm really? not sure what Atlanta looks like on fire, but I'm fairly certain if that happens, we will know fairly soon. <laughs> the thing is, that haven't they got a lot of the cap 
tied up in two players. Don't Ryan and Julio Jones account for like 53% of the cap? I would have thought so. Then Julio Jones has been injured still for quite a while, hasn't he? He's still not playing. Limited practice. I don't know what's going on with him. If he's, I'm assuming he's planning on playing the rest of the season. But I would have thought most of the money is tied up with Matt Ryan and Julio. I think Julio signed a new deal the other year. So that that's, yeah, probably about right. I think for me, if they trade him, I think that's the smackings of a team about to start a rebuild. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. How long what's Matt Ryan Matty Ice, what's he, 33, 34? So, in essence, you might look at them picking up a young QB that he can guide through the next few years while they go through a bit of a transition. I think they need it, to be honest, because they're an absolute shambles at the moment. It's a bit embarrassing to watch sometimes. Especially with their gopping uniform as well. Oh, the uniforms are... They just... They scream... Um, what's the film? Longish Yard. The, <laughs> yeah. the, they are mean machine uniforms. They're one it's of just... those ones that seem like a really good marketing idea with the ATL part of it. And then when they stuck it on a load of players wearing jerseys and kit, they kind of went, yeah, that looks dreadful. But yeah. We've pot committed now. This would look okay if this was the Atlanta Hawks, but it's not. It's the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, that's a good shout. Good shout. Right, Jones, what was your highlight of the week? My highlight of the week, and it's two for two reasons. One, because it was a Seahawk, and two, because I hate people that slow down when they cross the line. It was DK Metcalf taking <laughs> yet another Russell Wilson bomb and strolling towards the line, only to, well, it was like Deshaun Jackson, but getting caught before the lineman getting the ball punched out of his hands because that was just brilliant. It was great defending, so admire that. Didn't never give up, but also to see uh, his face when – they have that face, don't you, when you're running it and you can feel it coming out of your arm and it's just like, no, I was over the line, I was over the line. No, you <laughs> and, and then the umpires, they're like, oh, we've got to give a big decision here. And it's that one, isn't it? The arm going up and down. Oh, I love it. Everything about that play. Pete Carroll's face. It's just, it's like I say, it's just so frustrating when they slow down, you know. And it annoys me because I've got Metcalf in my fancy football as well, so that really pissed me off. On this uh, point, however, it's very nice that we're all dogging on Mr. Metcalf, but some props should be given to the DB because there'll yeah. be a lot of guys who would have just kind of gone, no, oh, well, I got beat, tried better next time rather than actually chasing it down. So, oh, absolutely. I don't feel he's getting quite enough or as much respect as he deserves. Perhaps you've been covered in properly in the first place, I'd have given him more respect. <laughs> <laughs> DJ properly the first time, you have to do it twice. Well, no, yeah. Uh, see, see how you get on next time, DJ. Next time you get asked to cover DK Metcalf. I've, I've not actually seen this. I've seen a still image of the ball being knocked out of his hand. Well, you've not seen it. Have a, have a look at it now. It's absolutely. Oh, my God. What's mad is he's actually tackled him that well that he's nearly knocked him out the back of the end zone. Yeah. So props to the DB. There was a similar, I don't know, I'm sure it was in college football a few years back, um, but it wasn't someone that was being challenged. He basically runs towards the end zone. He's burned everyone. And he does that criminal act where he thinks he's crossed the line and drops the ball. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And the, the, the ball the does not cross. 
in the NFL, Deshaun Jackson did it. I can't remember who the college lad was, but Deshaun Jackson basically dropped it on the half yards line, thinking he was in um, in an NFL game, which is quite embarrassing. I just what, don't know why they do it. Surely it's like basics 101, but they just get cocky, don't they? But you know, like the one when they run with it and they put the hand out stretching like that. Like Sherman did it first game last year. He got into the end zone and he dropped it as he was coming into the end zone. He has to like scramble around. But all that trying to look cool, Val. Just get in and do your funny dance then. Yeah, you can do your little celebrations. Selly of the week. <laughs> that made me want to vomit when I saw that come up on Twitter this week. What was that? The so, whole camera thing they've got where celebrate here. Have you seen nothing flash up when they score? Yeah. Yeah. I love the ones they had last year when they obviously have the team photographer and they all come and get a team photo, don't they? The, the whole defensive unit. And I can't remember who it was, but I, like, I don't know, the New Orleans Saints intercepted the ball at like Carolina and the guy, the cameraman just got up and walked off. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not taking it. I think, I think the Dolphins did it one game. The Dolphins D went up to the camera and there was something like 30-odd points to 10 behind or something. Yeah. Ooh, was it Deshaun Watson? not in the playoffs this year, last year, the year before, when they were like 30 down and he was giving it the big, ah, first down. Uh, <laughs> Get out. One of the funniest, I don't know if you've ever seen that. I think it was the, it, it was an NFL, I don't know if it was a, like a Hall of Fame ceremony. It was some kind of ceremony. Um, and it was last year. And Steve Harvey, the guy that does family feuds in America, um, he was doing like the initial talk and it's well worth a watch. It's about 12 minutes, 13 minutes long. But he's talking about the first down celebration, saying it's one of the things he hates the most in football. Because he's saying like it's the, the most minimalist achievement. Like it's literally 10 yards. And he's like walking across the stage and he's like, it's from here to the microphone. And he's like giving it all this like they do, putting their arms out and that. And he's like, get your punk ass to the end zone. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, superb. Add highlight of the week, bud? Uh, well, mine, I was thinking of Metcalf, but another one that it pains me to say it was actually in the Titans game. It was uh, Carl Rudolph's one-handed catch in the end zone, which was in a fourth quarter, oh, which was nice. just phenomenal. Um, he's just got his both feet in, and it was just you know, just an absolute masterclass, really, on on a, of a catch, really. Although, yeah, we still won, but I thought it was an absolutely epic play and, and it's very deserved it. been working quite hard. I just thought it was just an absolute yeah. class class catch. There isn't it, like, I love, I don't like Ossie and Jason Bell's show that much. I find it's a bit, like, I'm too into NFL for it's a bit dumbed down for me. Like, do you know what I mean? But I love the when they go, yeah, great catch, gloves. <laughs> They just yeah, it was an amazing catch with gloves, but that was actually a, that was actually technique rather than just it sticking in the, in the yeah. glove, wasn't it? That really? No, yeah, it was a full-on extension, um, one-handed. He's a left hand, full extended, and he just got his tiptoes just in the in the end zone. I thought it was just just brilliant. As he went in, I was gutted, but also I thought you know fair play, but we still won, so I don't care. What about you, Matt? I think my highlight of the week uh, was also an annoying part of the week for me, um, was the Bengals and the Eagles game and actually Joe Burrow looking like a decent potential QB and almost winning the game. 
Uh, and the annoying part for me was it didn't actually bloody win the whole thing because it would have been a nice accumulator bet that I had on and I won a bloody fortune. <laughs> the only result didn't come in. It had been about 400 quid. I had one off a two quid bet. I was heartbroken. What about um, when he got flattened? Oh, I tell oh, you what. Dear. I think I saw his soul leave. Absolutely. You see in slow motion, you practically look like a, the shape of an S. But if you look up the word whiplash in the dictionary, there's now a picture of Joe Burrow. <laughs> Did you see the one in the um, the college game, the Texan, the Texas game? No. Oh, no. talk amongst yourselves for a second. I'll find the Joe Burrow one. hasn't Hasn't the coach clan said, "I oh, once he's got a bit more used to the NFL, he'll avoid hits like that." I mean, it just yeah. An O line might help. <laughs> just throwing it out there just a bit but it was brutal wasn't it yeah I mean there's something like there's something about an unblocked pass rusher or blitzer that is just like that moment it's it's good because it was one in our, the one in the 49ers game when Mullen saw it and he just curled up in a ball and took the sack but when they don't see it it's, oh, it's a thing of beauty isn't it? It, the adrenaline uh, must be rushing as you're running towards them you think, yeah, you're going to get this. And oh, it's going to hurt. You, the thing is, I think I've seen them where they, they don't, they try to hit them too hard and don't get the right technique. No, yeah. They're yeah. kind of like, Meh. but you know, when they see it and like they've done it a few times, and I always think like Von Miller is an expert at it. Mm. He just gets there and he's like, ooh, ink. So, what have we got here, Matt? Right. Can you see uh, the screen? That's not his head, is it? <laughs> That's the wrong... He's the wrong way up there, boys. Oh, he's him. Whoa. Yeah, are you ready? I've got the, I've got the video because why wouldn't I have the he video? He looks possessed. Uh, it, honestly... Ready? Oh. Oh, well, you oh. Similar thing happened last night when me and my little girl were playing on the bed. <laughs> Ready? And again. Oh. I am fairly certain that as a human being, my ankles have never touched the back of my head. I mean, there might be a few women who have, but my ankles certainly never touched the back of my head. Did he get up head. after that? He's he? absolutely Jesus. fine. Walking about full of the beans of life, but I think if I nearly broke my neck and was absolutely fine, I'd feel pretty lucky. Wow. Um, but yeah, that was. I imagine that's what, one of those moments where, if you, your, his mum and dad must have gone and gone. Oh my god, he's going to be paralysed, and then yeah. uh, he's absolutely fine. That looked horrid. But, uh, yeah. Good TV, though, isn't it? You know, Bloody with, great if you walk, if you walk away from that, you're like, yeah, I'm the fucking bollocks. If, if that happened to me, right, and that was me, I'd get it in a gift, and every nightclub I'd go in, I'd be like. Look what I can do to every girl I can find. <laughs> It'll be my phone screensaver for certainty. Yeah. That, that's me the other way up. Yeah. Uh, very exciting. Right, Jones, what's, what have we got to look forward to sports-wise this weekend? Look forward to, I think there is going to be an epic debacle. Fight in-house burning in the sports waffle fantasy football team. Oh, brilliant. I, um, what, what do we say, Ad? What were week three? I think we said <laughs> over under week five for there, oh. to be a, for there to be mutiny on the Mary Celeste. I mean... We as, we're in a big win here. No, we're not catching out on this one. As head coach, going 3-0, and 3-0 oh, oh, <laughs> so far, 
um, I'm finding out players have been cut. They, they're ringing me. Why have I been cut? I don't know. <laughs> Who, why have you been this fella that I'd never heard of? Have they got testing? positive COVID tests? No. No. No, no, some of our wide receivers can't catch anything. I told you this. I mean, <laughs> I've spoke. I mean, Nick and I haven't spoke, but I'm guessing the game plan. We've got two running backs that are playing tonight. Is that right? Gore uh, and Gordon. We've got Gordon. Gore's not in the starting lineup as it oh, stands. That's okay. I, I thought we're, we're planning on riding Gordon. Like we or Nick, me as coach. Okay. My job depends on this, it. This, this is this is nothing. This is my thing. The head coach is coming out giving this this interview to the media here. And I'm a little bit disappointed because I've just looked at the roster and our tight end is Eric Ebron, who is COVID exempt this week. So my question to the head coach is, where's the roster management? I might have to intervene here. Trusted you with this team. COVID exempt? You'll find him. He's now on the bench because that's where I've just put him. Oh, yeah. Well, that's just happened, hasn't it? We've, we have got um, some fella from the Texans who plays tight end. Who you, you, you literally walked in the build and introduced himself. And I was like, hello, Mr. Higgins. <laughs> who are you? I mean... Where do you play? Yeah. We are, we are having a master plan. The master plan is to ride... Melvin Gordon tonight, like Dwight York rides through page three women. That's the plan to get us. To, that's the plan to get us through tonight's game. Uh, oh wow! Well. We, we are hoping. I, I thought Gore might come back into the lineup, but he's not. He's um, all wrong. I can only deal with you know. I can only play the hand I'm dealt. But yeah. <laughs> right. Ad. I didn't have to oh. throw allegedly in, did I? <laughs> no. uh, at what week does Jonah just go rogue and change the team five minutes or kick off? I did. <laughs> week six. Week six. No, just I, I just get a message from Nick. I'm done. Password change. All I'm asking is for a text to tell me he's doing it so I can save some face and go, yeah, yeah, yeah good move. <laughs> Put something in the league chat. But no. <laughs> yeah. How we do? So we're three and zero. Oh, so we're looking all right. Three and zero, oh, and we're sixty percent favourites to win this week. I heard a fantastic stat on. Um, Oh, what's that TV show on the uh, NFL Network that we now have on Sky Sports called? Oh, Good Morning Football or wherever it is. Yeah, yeah. And no, it wasn't on that. It was the other one with Chris Sims and that bloke I don't know. Um, where if you go 4-0 and in your first four games, if you then go 500 for the rest of the season, you go 10-4. and And I never really thought about that. If you win those first four games, you really can be quite crap and still make the playoffs. And that's if you look at the teams the Chicago Bears have played, um, the Lions and the Giants. Okay, if we exclude the Falcons, who seem to be imploding, I think they've got a really good chance of achieving that because they've got to play the, the Lions again. So, yeah, quite, uh, that teams that go three and that go naught and two is like a three percent chance of yeah. If you go if you go zero and two, you ain't making it, which is really kind of surprising because. You know, you wouldn't have thought it was that that cutthroat, but it really is, which is which is very good. Nicholas, what's your um, preview for this weekend? Well, which which hill are you walking? I am really looking forward to. There's a game 
that is intriguing me big time in the NFL on Sunday at six o'clock. And it's the Lions and the Saints. Because the Saints are currently sat at one and two. Now, that... And the Lions aren't good. But they are a team that are the ball out. And the Saints have just shown in recent weeks that defensively, especially in the secondary, they're just not very good. Now, the reason that this this intrigues me massively is it's a matchup nightmare for the Saints because the Lions have got a good quarterback in Matty Stafford, probably one of the most underrated, I think, out there. They've got good receivers in Kenny Golladay, Mervyn Jones, and they've got a really good tight end, TJ Hawkinson, and the Saints are dreadful against tight ends this season. And I just think this is a bit of a matchup nightmare for the Saints. The reason it intrigues me so much is the Saints were probably one of the teams that a lot of people favoured coming out of the NFC this year. That could be the Saints at one and three after four games. That, Can I interject? Like, that that's huge. Can I interject? If a team goes two and two, is two and two, they've a thirty-six percent chance of making the playoffs. If they are one and three, it's down to fifteen percent. To highlight your point. Well, it's just it's, quite a it's like drop, though. it's like a must win game for them four games in and like i said the the only saving grace is the lions are a, a very good defensive team but if the saints don't have michael thomas back and if jared cook is is out which is questionable at the moment that, it's a it's a matchup that's coming at the wrong time. That for the Saints and at one and three. That I'm not saying that's their season, but the pressure's on. Then pressure is on. Had you seen the statistic about Detroit up until last Saturday, last Sunday? Mm. The Lions hadn't won a game since October 2019. In that time, every single NBA, WNBA, MLS, NLF, NFL, sorry, MLB and NHL team had won a game. They were literally the only American franchise that hadn't won a game in that period. And then they rocked up and beat the, one of the most informed teams in the cars. While I appreciate a good stat, I do not want to have dinner with the person that looked that stat up. Because <laughs> they must be the <laughs> dullest bugger on the planet. <laughs> right, Ad, what are you looking forward to this weekend? Well, I'll be honest, I was looking forward to the... Uh... The Steelers Titans game being both teams three and three, three and oh. Um, but I'll see not. I'm actually looking forward to the Bills Raiders game. Um, Bills surprisingly three and oh, Raiders obviously two and one. Um, I just think that'll be a bit of an interesting matchup. Um, I don't know why this year I'm really quite rooting for the Raiders. Um, they seem quite strong and I just I like the way. Ouch, I've just stubbed my fucking toe. <laughs> I'm really the, there's the there's the there's the title of this podcast, Matt. That just wrote itself. That, one. that big, that tall, he can stub his toes. That I'm just what time <laughs> table leg? It's made my eyes water. Does anyone else? Ah. Like, this this could be the controversial take. Does anyone else find Lamar Jackson a bit boring to watch? More than a bit, yeah. Well, I think it is. Do you know what? I think he's a. I think he's exciting when he's actually when he's running the ball. I think he's exciting, but then 
like I don't I, I do and I don't want to see him pass the ball if you know what I mean like when he, when he drops back you're thinking it's like a 50-50 I think when you see Lamar Jackson drop back and he stays in the pocket it's like this is either a good throw or, or it's a shit throw and you look at some of the balls he throws, he's not a good throwing quarterback. The combine, probably not the combine, the um, the skills challenge taught us that anyway <laughs> last year. <laughs> but like when he when he's running, he's exciting. He's a good quarterback to watch. He's he's basically a running back. I think that about Kyler Murray though as well. I think when he gets the ball and starts running, Kyler Murray, I think, better to watch. I'm not saying he's a better player than Lamar Jackson. Because when Kyler Murray runs, there's like an elegance about it. Whereas a lot of it, a lot of it seems to be for me with uh, the Ravens. It's like the, the watch my call it play, the, the option, the read option, and he goes, and it's how it's how successful, and it's brilliant, and he's he like Kyler Murray can't get hit because he is the size of oh yeah, it's a postage stamp, like, yeah, and he and he is just graceful, and he sort of glance, glides into the end zone. Watching someone like. Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. I mean, they're monsters, but I don't know. Like, if you if you said to me, "Oh, what's happening?" Oh, the Chiefs are twenty nil up in a blowout. I watch Mahomes because he's exciting. He does things. Rogers gets you off your seat. Whereas Lamar Jackson's like, "Oh, he's just gonna tuck and run." A bit like watching Barcelona. I found when they were so good, if they were that good. It was boring. I know you, Matt. No, can't hear you. This yeah. podcast is fantastic. Don't <laughs> I'll take over this little here. Yeah. Ah. Any better now? Yeah, can hear you now. Much worse. <laughs> Shut your face. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. Now. that exciting. Anyone else looking forward to Thursday night football tonight? No, absolutely. I don't think I'll be staying up to watch tonight. No. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. So Lamar Jackson at some point is going to make a highlight reel for just being completely decleated. Um, and whenever Kyler Murray takes off, my brain goes because I just feel like he's a little roadrunner, just off he goes. Um, but I do agree. I think Kyler Murray in a, in a better team, um, I think potentially got a better longevity career-wise. I do think he's a better passer. Um, yeah. Did you see um, Aaron Rodgers' no look pass? In the game, fantastic, isn't it? Oh. Yeah. Really well done, boys. You know what it is now. Um, right, where should we go? We should go. Funny moment. Were there any funny moments this week that we picked up on? You had one. You messaged me earlier, Jones, about your one, but I didn't know what it was. I did think it was quite funny when uh, Neil Mope. What was this? He did this or something or other. So Neil Mo- Neil Mope won a penalty. In, scored a penalty in the first half for Brighton and gave the old crying eyes celebration and then gave away a penalty after the final whistle had blown and cried. I, I didn't watch Match of the Day on the highlights. How did they give away a penalty after the final whistle had blown? Last minute, corner came in, Maguire headed it, it looped up, got headed off the line, out of the box, referee blew up for full time and all the players were playing for handball and then when they went back to look, when he looked at it, as Maguire headed it, the guy blocked it with his hand and it looped up. So, oh, so VAR went back after the final. Yeah. Oh, I see. So, although the game had ended, VAR was still doing a replay. Yeah. Which is, oh, okay. no, not actually quite how that was delivered, but okay. That was a bit <laughs> ending. 
Always can funny we, guys. Can we touch on that? That some of these penalty decisions. I don't know if you've seen some of them that have been given, but like, there's a lot of people that blame VAR. There's just like no logic being applied to the rules. It seems now it's like some of these penalties that have been given. I think there was one in in the Everton game. There might have been one in the Spurs game. It's like there's literally no way for the the players to move their arms out of the way. No one's going to ever play football with your arms directly by your sides at all times. Mm. So it's just like so. Some of these, it's just like the ball is is like one of my. Chatting to one of my friends about it, and he said, "If you're Newcastle, for example, I'm literally every player lumping the ball up to Andy Carroll and just getting him to try and head it at players' arms. Just, just head it wherever you can towards a defender and hope for the best, because it could result in a penalty with how well, the rules are at the moment. I mean, the rules are about the natural silhouette of the body, which is bonkers. Because if you stood like that, that's your natural silhouette. If you jump and your arms are up." But what I find people moaning about is Roy Hodgson came out and went, oh, the game's gone, the game's gone. Didn't complain when you got a soft one last week, the week before. Spurs, <laughs> Spurs complaining about it. Every time, every time the ball hits someone in the box, it's like, it's a ball, a ball, a ball. Then when it goes against them, like, I can't believe they've appealed for that. Do you know what I mean? It's, it, it's bonkers and it's, it's bringing it into line with the rest of Europe, isn't it? But I don't know. It's... It, it's it's a bit Spoilers weird. in it at the moment, 40. The bit I don't get, um, and probably an area that I would suggest they improve in, is in Formula One, they have the stewards, and every week they have a driver steward, who is an ex-driver, who gives a driver's view of incident, because, you know, the stewards are rule enforcers, they know the rule book, but they've never been in a car. In cricket, the match referees and the umpires are all ex-players who have played at a decent to top level. The referees, from all the ones I've seen, are basically just little fat old blokes. They're not players. Why not have in the VAR room a ex-pro? You know, you've got enough of them knocking about. Sol Campbell's always looking for something to do. Why doesn't he go and sit in the VAR and say, actually, you know what? That, oh, yes, that's his arm, but there's nothing he could do about that because, uh, as I was a player. That's just where your arm has to be when you're diving for a ball in that way. You always hear them going, oh, I wouldn't give that a penalty. Where's he supposed to put his arm? But, well, that's the information the VAR guys should be having at their fingertips, not just a case of a bloke that, well, rule number 42 says that that's a handball and penalty. Have we lost Jones? We've just lost Jones. So I see Wi-Fi's going to lockdown as well. Yeah, that was dropped his phone. <laughs> He's back. That's what I think anyway with that one. Right then, uh, were any other funny ones this week? No, for me it was going to be just Metcalf losing that ball. We've obviously touched on that earlier with Jonah. Right, do we have a Jonah of the week this week, Jonah? Well, I was going to say Darius Williams, but I didn't want to rub it into Nick, but the, <laughs> the play, I genuinely think it was unlucky. It was a, it was a joke decision, so there's that one, but then I think Oli Gunnar Solskjaer has got quite unlucky with his Champions League draw today, to be fair. He's got an absolute stinker in last year's finalists and last year's semi-finalists. Um, I don't know. 
there's a few lucky people, but no, I'd say my Jonah of the week is Darius Williams for the one of the worst PI calls in recent memory. What was that one? Sorry, what was the worst PI one? Was this one in the uh, Rams game? The Bills v the Rams, yeah. It was one of them where you know you look at it, you think, oh, they've got the camera on the wrong person. But yeah, it was a shocker, absolute shocker. I'd be honest, I did miss that one as well. Weirdly enough, I think I feel like I watched a lot of sport this weekend. I don't actually feel like I watched any of it. Do you know what I mean? It was on yeah. in the background. And I saw a few highlights, but it's funny. I, I messaged someone the other day about it. It's the one thing I miss about having the the fans in the stadium is that when you're sort of half watching something, the fans usually tell you when to watch the telly. You know, yeah. like I've been sitting here during the summer watching the uh, the cricket and missed three or four wickets because you just go to an advert break and your brain goes through an advert break and you ignore it. Whereas normally you'd hear the yeah, oh, the crowd go wild and all this sort of stuff. But yeah, we need fans back just so I can sort of half watch sport and know what's going on. Um, right, Nicholas, it's time for I believe Twitter knobheads will return next week when you've not been half of a mountain that's you watch Twitter for a while. Um, so you're going to do some Nick's picks for us, I believe. Yes. So there's two accumulators that I'm targeting this weekend. So I had a little look earlier and there's a nice little treble that I've put together. So it's just any time touchdown scorer, which is always a good one to do because you've got interest throughout the game then. So it, it could literally happen at any point. Um, and the, absolute beauties when they come in especially if you can get a, something with decent odds like I did last year and had the New England defence to score one week and that came in so that was good so the the treble I'm going for is TJ Hawkinson to score any time against the Saints because they can't defend against tight ends uh, DJ Moore is due a score for the Panthers against the Cardinals and I think the game script of that game will mean that the Panthers are behind for the majority of it in fact I'd expect them to lose, so I would expect them to throw the ball. Um, and Joe Mixon against the Jags. So Joe Mixon, again, is due a big game and a breakout game for this season because he's had a really slow start, but that is potentially perfect opposition for him. So that is coming in at just under 14-1 to 1 for that. Likey-likey. And then I am going for the Rams on the handicap. At minus 12 and a half points. So you basically need your Rams winning by 13 against the Giants, which I think, the, I don't know if anyone's done the pickems for this week yet, but the the Rams and Giants is the game that is the most one-sided I've seen in the pickems so far. So it gives a percentage of who fans think is going to win. And it's got the Rams at 99% and the Giants at 1%. Um, to put well, it into perspective, um, even... Oh, go on, Jonah. I think you got it right. I think it's Rams are at 99, the ties at 1%, and no, oh, one's, gone for, <laughs> no one's gone for the Giants. <laughs> I, I mean, to put it into perspective, um, the the week where the Niners had the Jets, I think the Jets were still something like 5 or 6%, so the Giants literally being given no hope there, and the bookie thinks so as well. So I, I'm going Rams minus 13 um, Cowboys uh, well the the handicap's 4.5 but you may as well say a 5 point deficit so uh, Cowboys minus 5 against the Browns 
like that because I think the Browns are shite. And I think the Cowboys will start coming too. And then I'm actually going to go with the Bengals at minus three against the Jags because I think if they're going to win a game, this week is the game. The, the Jags look terrible against the Dolphins. Um, you know, they, they mixed up the offense with runs and passes and Ryan Fitzpatrick looked like an MVP at times in that game. So I'm expecting a big game from Joe Burrow. I'm expecting a big game from Joe Mixon, um, the Joe show in that one. So that plus the Baltimore Ravens to hit back against the Washington football team. And that's a minus 13 as well. Um, so again, I think that's just a bit of a retribution game. So that's a fourfold accumulator at just over twelve to one, and I think that's not bad odds for some foregone conclusion games. There. Could you summarise that? The fourfold. So the fourfold is the Rams uh, on the handicap are minus twelve point five, Cowboys are minus four point five, the Bengals are minus three, and the Ravens are minus thirteen for. 12 to 1. Buying nice. money. Absolutely. Pop that one up on the uh, on the social feed because I'm going to have a dabble at that one. That sounds good. Right then, Jones. Where are we on our uh, NFL winningest waffler? Well, the NFL winningest waffler is it's close. Matt, you've got 14. I'm on 13. Nick and Adam are on, are on 10. Nick is not helped by the fact that he has the Big Apple duo. which is is not going to help his cause this season however in the MLB competition we're into the playoffs and there there are 12 sorry the 16 teams made the playoffs and you three have four teams that made it and I had three and Miami neither none of us had so that's pretty good however Nick's on bat percentage was a good four percent higher than any of us. So Nick is the winningest waffler in the baseball. Very nice. Well Very nice. To continue this fine run of form, he also was the Pickham's week winner week two. Do you know with two weeks that I've not done any of them? Three was three. it a, go on. Was it was it a joint top score in week two though or was I the outright joint top but it's settled by the point the points differential right and last week was won by Garth or should I say Gareth Fairclough because he hates being called Gareth (laughs) we're joined on the pod by my youngest son Theodore (laughs) what's your take who's going to win this week Ted but no, Jonah can't win. No, we can't have Jonah winning. You'll gloat. Oh, cracking. Well, right then. So we're going to end this week's pod and we're going to have something for the Twitter and the Facebook feed. We're going to put up a little... Uh, Nick, you have to probably do this in stories on Facebook, I think, nowadays. You can't do polls in the page. But if you had to pick one or t'other, which one is more likely to make the Super Bowl? The New England Patriots or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Ad? At the moment, I want to go box. Nick? Pats. Jones? Pats. I'm going Pats as well. 
So we'll put that out there on the social media channels. We'll leave it up to you guys to vote and let us know what you guys think. And we'll summarise it for you for next week. I'm back on. Here we go. Yep. So that covers us off for this evening. I hope you've enjoyed listening to the pod for tonight. We'll be back again next week with the review of this weekend's action and a preview for next week's. Have a good we one. We may oh. not be back next week if Nick's picks come in. We yeah. may be on a desert yeah. island somewhere. <laughs> if Nick's picks come in, we're gone. We're done. See you later. <laughs> Selly Sunday. Yes. <laughs> and on that wonderful on that wonderful note, while we start going spending our money, have a good one. Enjoy the football. See you later. See you later.